Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us as we start off the third hour of the program here on the Monday edition of Outkick. The Saints hit the easy button and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just completely vanished. Uh, It's one of the most shocking results we've seen so far in the NFL. Battle for first place in the NFC South. Battle, it turned out, for the number one overall seed, at least right now, in the NFC. And the Saints came out and absolutely destroyed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Huge win for the Saints. Michael Thomas returns. Saints now have beaten the Bucs twice. Brady looked awful. They couldn't protect him. The interceptions that he was throwing looked desperate. This looked like two ships passing in the night. The Saints, who looked like they are well on their way to attempting another Super Bowl run. By the way, sorry to bring it up, Saints fans. Saints have lost three straight games in the postseason on the final play of the game. It's one of the most remarkable statistics that is out there right now in the world of sports. Three straight games on the final play of the game. And I hate to rehash for Saints fans, but I'm going to have to do it. The Minneapolis miracle, right? Uh, The way that game ended, that's it for the Saints. You had the non-pass interference call that cost me $30,000. Cousin Sal and I had $60,000 on the line in that game, and they didn't call the pass interference call. And as a result, Saints end up losing in overtime on a long field goal kick. And then you had the, uh, the, the, the catch 
in the back right corner of the end zone by the Vikings, which might have been a push-off by Rudolph. He got away with it. That's three straight. It's unbelievable. Three straight losses on the final play of the game in the postseason. So I would love for Drew Brees to get another opportunity in uh, the Super Bowl to try to get back and win another one at the age of 41. Uh, It would be fantastic to see. Whether or not it will ever end up happening, who knows. But the Saints put themselves in a pretty decent spot as right now at the halfway point of the season for them as they complete eight, the Bucs have completed nine. They are the number one overall team in the uh, NFC. So that was a big takeaway there. A lot of games out there uh, that uh, that were worth paying attention to in uh, the NFL. And we're going to talk college football, by the way, with Joel Klatt coming up next. But what about the other games that kind of stood out? I, I thought that the, uh, the loss from the Seahawks is, frankly, every reason that Seahawks fans should be nervous. You had Josh Allen running around like crazy, throwing for over 400 yards. As good as Russell Wilson is, as good as Lockett is, DK Metcalf may be the most dominant weapon at the receiving position in the NFL right now. I just don't believe that the Seahawks have a defense that is capable of getting them to the Super Bowl. I really don't. And that's despite the fact that Russell Wilson is flat-out incredible. So we'll see what ends up happening there. But Bills fans have to be ecstatic about where they are right now. I went in person and watched my third different NFL game of the week. uh, Of the week. Third different NFL game of the season. I went and watched the Bears play the Titans in person. And I got to tell you, the Bears are so bad. I don't think it's a Mitch Trubisky issue. I don't think it's a Nick Foles issue. I think their offensive line is weak. Play calling doesn't make a lot of sense to me watching them in person. Uh, I feel bad for Bears fans. The Titans came out and absolutely whipped them solid. The Ravens. How about the Ravens? A lot of people were leaving Lamar Jackson and this Ravens offense up for dead after the performance that we have seen against the Chiefs and also against the Steelers. A lot of hype surrounding the Colts. And then the Ravens go on the road, get the win. Colts now, we'll talk about this game, I'm sure, quite a bit. Colts now going on the road against the Titans Thursday night football. It's a pretty good matchup. Uh, Whoever wins that game will be in first place, I believe is correct, in the AFC South. Titans are 6-2, Colts are 5-3. Colts have dominated the Titans in recent history, uh, but the, uh, the Titans have started to punch back recently. Can the Titans win the division? Uh, That'll be an interesting Thursday game. Chiefs, what do they do? They survived. They continue to play to the level of competition. Panthers played very well, had some success running the ball on the ground against the Chiefs, but ultimately the Chiefs found a way to win. I still think the Chiefs are the best team right now in the AFC, even though uh, they don't have the best record. That, of course, would be the Steelers. Um, And the Chargers, for those of you waking up on the West Coast, I mean, I I can't even go through all of the different improbable ways that the Chiefs continue, sorry, that the Chargers continue to find ways to lose football games. I think the positive is for you, at least Justin Herbert continues to make plays on uh, on the offensive side of the ball. But the way that game ended, the decisions on the playmaking, the fact that they, you know, once again got stopped right at the goal line, I mean, the entire existence of the Chargers at this point feels to me like some sort of epic simulation on 
how many different ways can we lose close football games? It just keeps repeating itself time after time after time. The Steelers found another way to win, second straight week, really third straight week, where you've had a scenario where, look, the Titans missed a field goal that should have put that game into overtime. They were driving late with a chance to win. We also had last week Lamar Jackson throwing into the end zone to end the game, and then Garrett Gilbert throwing into the end zone on behalf of the Cowboys to try to find a way to win. Couldn't get it done. And so the Steelers are 8-0, but even though the Steelers have never been 8-0 before, and even though I like their defense and I like a lot of uh, the, the, the receivers that are starting to work into uh, rhythm with Big Ben, I really just don't feel like the Steelers are capable of putting their foot to the gas and going to another level of speed like the Chiefs are. I feel like the Chiefs are substantially the best team in the AFC and that the numbers that Patrick Mahomes is putting up on a day-to-day basis are still incredible and that if they need to, the Chiefs can go out and make as many plays as are necessary to beat anybody, just like we saw them do against the Ravens, right? I mean, to me, that's one of the biggest statement games of the year. In fact, if you told me right now, Clay, now that we're at the halfway point of the season, and we'll probably be talking about our halfway point uh, analysis more and more throughout the course of the week, but now that we're at the halfway point of the season, what are the games that stand out the most to you in the AFC and in the NFC? I would say last night's game stands out to me the most in the NFC because I was starting to believe that the Bucks and Brady were going to make a real run in the NFC that their defense combined with the offense that we've seen over the last several weeks were rounding into shape. Even the loss that the Bucs have had since week one, it was a game they had no business losing against the Bears, right? Late game, uh, the Bucs give it away. Bears, to their credit, found a way to win. But there was no real rhyme or reason to that game, and I didn't feel like the Bucs should have lost it. And so, to me... What the Saints came in and did to the Bucks is flat out unfathomably important in trying to analyze the overall <laughs> NFC right now. And the other game I would say that stands out, so that's the NFC game that stands out the most in the first half of the season. The other game I would say that stands out to me in the AFC was the Chiefs going on the road and absolutely dominating against the Ravens. Because to me... That has set for me. Now, if I were making a prediction, the teams that I would project to be in the Super Bowl right now, I would go with the Saints based on what we've seen halfway through, and I would go with the Chiefs. Doesn't mean that the Bucs can't make a run. Doesn't mean that the Seahawks can't make a run or the Packers. Or for that matter, doesn't mean uh, that we can't see the Steelers or the Titans or the Bills or somebody else in the AFC get hot and find a way to end up in the Super Bowl. But to me, the by far, best two wins that we have seen so far in the AFC and the NFC, Chiefs serve notice they're the best team in the AFC with the beatdown they put on the Ravens. And I think last night, the Saints serve notice they're the best team in the NFC with the beatdown they put on Tom Brady and the Bucks. Also, still a little bit nervous if I am a Steeler fan, even though we're 8-0, with the fact that we can lose to almost anybody. Titans miss a field goal to avoid overtime. Ravens are throwing into the end zone. Four turnovers, by the way, from Lamar Jackson. They outgained you substantially. And last night, 
Yesterday afternoon, last night, I guess if you want to say, depending on where you were, what part of the country, it was nighttime. It gets night early where I am now. It was nighttime when the Steelers got a win. Late touchdown, lucky, maybe. They got a hands-to-the-face personal foul that extended a drive, go on, down, score a touchdown. And then they have Garrett Gilbert throwing into the end zone. They get the stop. And so as a result, I know that the Steelers are right now uh, 8-0 but I'm not sure I 100% believe in him. This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer 
installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Michelin test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The loathsome, as he does every single Monday, the loathsome Joel Klatt, who had, to be fair, an unbelievable game to call in an unbelievable situation. So we talked about this a little bit last week, but for people out there who missed it or weren't aware, we had Pac-12 breakfast literally from the Coliseum. Game starts at 9 a.m. on the West Coast. What did it feel like to be there calling what ended up being a fantastic game, uh, especially if you're a Trojan fan, because it looked like the USC had, had totally lost it. They come back to win. What did it look like from your end to be calling that game? What was the experience? This is the frustration for me about all the people that were like, I can't believe they're doing this. It's like, Clay, once you're at a game, do you ever really know what time it is? No. That's a great point. No, you don't. You you don't. You know, you know what time you're leaving the house and that's it. Then everything becomes on a different type of clock. Right. Yeah. And so I I had no, to be honest with you, once I was at the stadium, it didn't make a difference to me at all. You know, I, I, I drove, I stayed up in a hotel in LA. Oh, so you did. That was one of the first questions we said, are you going to be, are you driving in from, from the OC where you live (laughs) Or were you going to stay? So you got a little bit extra sleep and stayed at a hotel in L- in L.A. And, and more so, it's just that, like, we're currently renovating our house. And yeah. so I don't have a great place to work. And Friday night is a big work night for me. You know, right. I sit in the hotel rooms every and just, like, pour over notes and, and all those different things. So I went up there to do that. But anyways, you know, I leave the hotel. I, I got a coffee and, and showed up. And, I mean, like, you know, Clay, it's – it's fine. And at that point, you know, the, the motorcade comes by. And so the buses with the, the police escort comes by. And, and from that point on, everything was fine. The players were jacked up. The, the, the uh, pregame, there was energy down on the field. You could hear them. I mean, it was, it was more, way more distracting, way more distracting that there were no people in the stadium than the time the game kicked off. Let's right. just get that out of the way. Uh, so what did you learn about SC since you were there calling it? I mean, they were very fortunate to win that game. How good are they, or are they just is this just what SC does, right? I mean, they just I, kind of yeah. – uh, that's like been the story for the last decade, it feels like. They are um, a slightly better team than they were a year ago, you know, and, and I think that, that that's good. It's not great. Um, I, I think that this is a game they, they would have lost a year ago. Uh, I think that their quarterback showed Keaton Slovis showed an immense amount of patience uh, because that, you know, ASU, and this is, by the way, this is what's happening in the SEC. For those of you that are college football connoisseurs at all, you know that Mike Leach's offense, the air raid offense, and, and, you know, USC runs a a very similar version of that with the protege from Mike Leach, Cram Harrell, the offensive coordinator. The way to stop that offense is play, you know, deep, soft zone coverage and yeah. just put your eyes on the quarterback and make him make a decision. Cause there's not, 
there's not really great spacing within that offense. They they constantly read progressions. They don't tend, they don't do a good job of bracketing defenders in zone defense. And there's not a timing mechanism with when to throw the football for a quarterback. So, you know, it becomes difficult versus zone. This is what the SEC has done ever since um, our boy Bo Pelini decided <laughs> to play man in week one. And everyone's like, yeah, that's yes. not the way you do that. Jimmy Lake has been doing this for a long time uh, at Washington against Washington State, which is one of the big reasons why the Huskies have always had such great success against Mike Leach. And that's what Arizona State was doing, okay? So I'll give you that backstory to tell you, like, Arizona State was just playing the soft zone, and it was really frustrating for USC. The one part of their game that I knew had to get better from last year, and to be fair, they knew too, is their run game. Because when a defense is going to do that, Clay, you've got to basically run them out of it. You know, if they're going to play soft, you've got to have the ability to hand the football off and tear them apart in the run game and get them to commit more recent, more resources closer to the line of scrimmage uh, that you got to get them to rotate to a single safety, not two safeties, all of those things that are just kind of football one-on-one and USC just didn't do a great job of that until late. You're going to look up and you're going to see a decent yardage game, but to be real honest with you, they didn't have a lot going because of the game plan that Arizona state had. Now, Having said that, Eden Slovis was really patient the entire day. And then all of a sudden, in the last series, they get the onside kick. Guess what they do, Clay? They run the ball. It's, yeah. And like, boom, pop a couple of runs. And then, of course, the safety moves over to the middle. They commit more resources to stopping the run. And they hit the seam on fourth down. And they win the game. So, uh, it, you know, it, it was a good win for them. Um, I don't know how much... I don't know how good they are, but here's the thing. That was their toughest game. Yeah. That's their toughest game on their schedule. Like, there's a good chance USC goes undefeated. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> Sorry, and I'm going to get back to that in a sec with you because we're going to talk big picture college football. But, all right, so you called that game. I'm assuming that meant that you were home and able to watch Notre Dame play against Clemson. Notre Dame had been, and you know this, and anybody out there who's a college football fan knows, they had been unable to make plays, right? They, 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 they just, whenever they played a top five opponent, they had gotten exposed. And what stood out to me, Joel, about this game, and everybody's going to focus on DJ Uwalule, or who, eventually I'm going to be able to say his name, <laughs> uh, all right? And the fact that he threw for Ui, over 400 yards. Ui Ongalele. Ui Ongalele. All right, so eventually we'll be able to, uh, to, 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 I'll be able to say his name. But they threw the ball great, Clemson did, but they got dominated on the lines of scrimmage, which we haven't seen from a Notre Dame team on the offensive and defensive line. So a lot of people are going to focus on Trevor Lawrence not being there. But to me, this was a game that Notre Dame won in the trenches, eventually goes into double overtime. What does this tell us about the game in general uh, and about the playoff picture in general in your mind? Great, great question. Okay, so first off, it should be noted that Clemson was down not just Trevor Lawrence, That's but right. three of their best defenders that they have. Yes. Skulsky, Skulsky, who's kind of their captain, the linebacker. Uh, I believe Tyler Davis, one of their best defensive linemen. Uh, and there was one other guy, and, and forgive me, it's early out here. I'm just spacing yeah. his name. But three very good defenders, very good defenders. And so it's not lost on me that two of those goes, uh, all three of them, by the way, are in the defensive front seven, and Notre Dame really beat them up with the run game. 
So, yes, Notre Dame made plays in the passing game. There's no doubt. But, but Clay, they, they ran the ball incredibly well against, against Clemson. And I think that was the biggest key. If you go back to the playoff game with Ohio State last year in the semifinal, one of the reasons why Ohio State had such an amazing first half was that J.K. Dobbins was healthy. He hadn't hurt his ankle yet. And Ohio State was doing what? Running the football. Even in the championship game, while you know Burrow got his his yards clearly, Clyde Edwards-Alaire had a nice night. You know, so you have to do that against Clemson if you're going to beat them. They're they're very talented, and you've got to be able to run the football and control the game uh, to that extent. And and by the way, it wasn't really it shouldn't have gone to overtime. Yeah, you know, like Notre Dame played well enough to win the game by ten points, but they yep. had several miscues, some turnovers in in the red zone. You know, Notre Dame played a great game. They really did, and and they should be given a lot of credit. I thought that the biggest difference in this Notre Dame team and the Notre Dame teams of, let's say, two years ago in the playoff, or even, you know, 12 when they got routed by Alabama, I, I thought that the biggest difference was what you're talking about, that they could sit there and throw blows at the line of scrimmage, and they were not overmatched. They were overmatched a couple of years ago against Clemson at the line of scrimmage. They were overmatched at the line of scrimmage against Alabama. And then clearly they didn't have the speed and the talent on the outside, you know, to make those plays. I still don't think that they're as talented at the skill positions as some of these teams at the top end of college football, but make no mistake about it. They're physical enough to sit there and go toe to toe with them. And I think that's a, that's a big, you know, revelation, if you will. And this season, now, what does it mean for the, for the playoff? It's really bad news for everybody else in the playoff. Here's why. If Notre Dame splits with Clemson yes, and Clemson comes back and wins the ACC title, Clay, I think they both go. And then Bama and Ohio State, I think, are pretty clearly the best teams in their conference. And unless Bama loses to Florida, you've got your four teams. I think you're right. And, and so uh, I, I think you just broke it down perfectly. Now, I would say the complicating factor for Notre Dame, you can't say that they all only have to win the remainder of their games. And by the way, there's Irish fans listening to us right now like, oh, we got to play against Boston College. They're thinking back all the way to 1993, which I remember yes. when Notre Dame yes. upset Florida State. For those of us out there who remember the Charlie Ward uh, era, Florida State Seminoles with Bobby Bowden. Warwick got a huge Dunn win. was on that Warwick team. Dunn, that was a fantastic, fun team to watch 1993 the next week what happens they go lose to Boston College and so uh, so that was a uh, that was a big turn that's the last time Notre Dame beat a number one overall ranked team in uh, in the uh, Fighting Irish uh, in Notre Dame right so when you think about that the one wild card I would say is if Florida were to beat Alabama and the other game I want to talk about you with you Joel is we talked about this uh, last week. I said, I love Florida to win this game. I just don't think Georgia has the horses on the offensive side of the ball. I think if you look at Pitts, I think if you look at Tony and what Kyle Trask is able to do, this Florida team has a good enough offense. And I know Alabama's got a great offense too, but they can get to shoot out and they can win that game, right? I think Florida will be 9-1 and one when they roll into that game against Alabama and they'll have a puncher's chance like anybody does who has a great offense that if they hit some big plays and they can keep pace with Alabama on the offensive side of the ball, which a lot of teams can't. I think that that's absolutely accurate. Um, and I think that's why Nick Saban has, has gone the direction that he has with his program. <laughs> you know, because, you know, when I see Georgia, I see a team that hasn't evolved uh, yeah. offensively. 
They, they're a team that is stuck in 2013. Kirby Smart is stuck in his, I'm the defensive coordinator at Alabama, and we can run it and play great defense and win the national championship. And, dude, that doesn't work anymore. It just doesn't. Even Nick Saban came out, what was it, last week? I'm, I'm losing my days, but, like, last week he talked about how, you know, it's not a defensive game anymore. You can't dominate on the defensive side. Uh, as evidence, look at what LSU did offensively last year. That's right. Uh, look at what you know the Clemson-Bama national championship games have been high scoring, in particular the ones with Deshaun Watson. Um, look at what Alabama had to do to, to beat Georgia in the national championship game. They had to put a quarterback in there that could sling it around, and that's when Tua goes in there in the second half and wins the national championship. Georgia doesn't have that ability. You know, Stetson Bennett's a, a fun story. You're not going to win the SEC with Stetson Bennett. You're not going to win a national championship, certainly. Um, and, and Florida at least has that type of team that can go out there and get into a shootout and potentially win. Now, it'd still be way more nervous for their defense against a team like Alabama. I don't think there would be any reason why I wouldn't expect Alabama to score 50 points on Florida, right? I mean, let's be honest. Alabama's yep. offense is that good. So, you know, Bama, or excuse me, the Gators would have to have a historically good offensive day. The other team that I would just throw out there that I think is so interesting is Texas A&M. Yeah, that's because right. They'll be sitting there and, and likely, and they've looked, you know, they've looked really good by the way, yep. since that loss, they, they're likely to be nine and one with their only loss to Alabama. And I believe that correct me if I'm wrong. That was in Tuscaloosa, correct? That's right. And so here's how I would set up the college football playoff picture right now. I think you're right. I like, I've kind of broken it down. I got Alabama and Ohio state very likely to get in. Uh, it would be a tremendous surprise if either of those teams were not in the college football playoff. Let's put it that way. Clemson, I think, will come back and beat Notre Dame with Trevor Lawrence in the ACC championship but, game. But, but Notre Dame's more in the driver's seat. Let's Correct. be honest. Right? There's no doubt. No, Notre and, and, Dame's and more Clemson's in the driver's tr- seat for a spot. Clemson has truly got their back against the wall in the context that they haven't been in a while where they have to win out, right? They they don't have any more margin for error. Uh, And then I think uh, the other teams, so I still am anticipating that Clemson will win for that fourth spot who I've got in the mix, Florida, Texas A&M, no particular order, Notre Dame. Uh, If you're an Oklahoma State fan, they'd have to win out, right? If some of the other craziness happened, they're the only team from the Big 12, I think, that really has a chance to get in. And then, uh, for the people who are up early with us that are Pac-12 fans right now, now that the Pac-12 is finally back, if an SC or an Oregon went 7-0, and whoever the Pac-12 champ is, those are basically the only teams that are alive to me for the college football playoff. Now, we have a big listenership in Cincinnati. We got a big listenership with BYU fans in Utah. I'm sure you guys are going to blow me up on Twitter and argue, and you're probably going to come after Joel Klatt too, but I just don't see those either of those teams. Or, by the way, Liberty or uh, or Coastal Carolina, the teams that are crazily. I mean, this is one of the craziest top 25s we've ever seen. One of those teams yeah. may well go undefeated as well. Yeah, um, I, I think I think that you're right. Um, we need to come to the realization, and good for them, BYU is going to go undefeated. Zach Wilson right? is incredible. Like, he's incredible. And, and, and Kalani Sataki, their head coach, I am a huge fan of his. I don't remember if you were, you know, think back to when we used to do those shows, you know, on FS1. Yep. I, I was talking about him way back then when he was the defensive coordinator at Utah. I've liked him for a long time, and he's done a remarkable job at BYU, and good for him. 
Yeah, uh, I like what they've done. Their 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 program. They only have two more games left. Uh, you know, Eastern. You know, something blah blah blah. Southwestern of of Toledo or Michigan or whomever, and then they've got San Diego State. Um, I think that San Diego State is an is an interesting one. They're trying to get more games on the schedule so that they can stay on the forefront. How about the, how about this for an interesting you know kind of subtext of the season? Did you know that BYU is actively still trying to schedule games for this year? Isn't that it's, incredible? It's incredible. Let me also say this. BYU deserves a tremendous amount of respect from college football no fans out there because they were the only school in the Mountain Time Zone or the Pacific Time Zone that had the stones to start the season on time, right? That's Everybody right. else in the Mountain Time Zone, I know Air Force had a couple of games on the schedule, because I get blown up by Air Force people when I say that. But the entire West Coast, the only school that was trying to play a full schedule in early September and never really wavered from it was BYU. And so I enjoy watching their success. They had to make an entire schedule. That's right. Everybody quit Notre Dame as an independent that got to like kind of fold into the ACC. That's right. Right? Like they created this from scratch, everybody. Like this is this is a remarkable season. So I'm I'm with you. They should be given a tremendous amount of credit. Cincinnati's a really good football team. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to you know just write them off. I would just say, and 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 to be fair to history, because I've always said this, is that these these mid majors, these group of five schools. They just don't get tested. I'm sorry, but as great as the story is, they are not undefeated if they play in the Big Ten or even in the Pac-12 or the ACC or the SEC. It just it doesn't happen. I'm, it, like people get so mad at me for this this position, Clay, but it's just accurate. I'm sorry, but that's an accurate like assessment of college football. All right, Having big, said that, yeah, I would just say this. I would just say this. This playoff race is going to be as interesting as we've ever seen because everybody's going to have different amount of games. And and the last thing I want to say is that the biggest wrench could be could be the fact that there were thousands of kids on that field at Notre Dame. And I'm not here to tell you that I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? I'm just here to tell you if the cases spike for Clemson or Notre Dame, and they lose, they, they start losing games, or, Clay, oh, Clay, they start getting hit even harder on their depth charts and then lose one of those games like you were explaining in 93 against Boston College, that's the other wrench to this whole playoff scenario that we haven't discussed yet. Uh, yeah, it, it's interesting, and they put out a statement for Notre Dame students in the wake of, I'm sure, getting a lot of negative attention, but I, I first of all, like... I talked about this in the first hour. If you are going to be opposed to all gatherings of large groups of people, that's your right. I disagree with you, right? I mean, I had a Halloween party at my house. I I went to my third NFL game yesterday. I went to the Tennessee-Alabama game in Neyland. Like, I am of the opinion that, that you have to start to live your life, right? But the fact that many of the Corona Bros, as I call them, were praising all the celebrations surrounding the political results 
and ridiculing the Notre Dame students for storming the field. Like, you have to at least be consistent in your positions. You can't adjust it based on whether you agree with the reason that somebody is joyful, right? Like, if well, you are I, opposed... You're exactly right. You have you're to be exactly consistent. Right. Clay, like, that's all I'm asking and, and for. By the way, though, should we expect anything different? Because most of these were the same exact people that were saying that college football was going to kill everybody. Oh, yeah, that's right. It, and then they're, they're tweeting from the press box about how great it is look at my office for the night. It's like, yeah. you know, give me a break. And, and it, it is their, remarkable. Their credibility for the future, a lot of these people, has been decimated during this. It just has. And, and I think that that's, that's a reality that all of us can, can at least look in, the, look in the eyeballs. It's amazing to me the number of people who are in media and argued on social media obsessively for months, it's not safe to play football and then I see them tweeting from inside of football stadiums. If right, it's not right. safe to play football, how is it then safe for you, you to travel and cover it? Your job matters that's way right. less than anybody who's on the field, right? Like, and, so and, and you way, are a luxury. If that's your opinion, and if that's, that's fine. your opinion, great. That's that is perfectly fine. And you know what? I I celebrate that. That's your opinion, but. Doesn't that make you more of a hypocrite and more cavalier? If you think it's that dangerous and then you continue to travel, that's more egregious. Uh, Amen. I agree. I agree 100% there. Joel, we're going to bring you back out of this break, uh, continue our conversation. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, O-O-O-O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast is 
NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and Installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to tirerack.com/sports to see their Bridgestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's tirerack.com/sports. Tirerack.com, the way tire buying should be. Joel Klatt hanging out with us. We bring him in now. He's at Joel Klatt on Twitter. He called the USC-Arizona State game from the Coliseum this weekend. Joel hanging out with us. Let's dive back into some college football talk. Nebraska, winless. Penn State, winless. Michigan, one and two. What in the world is going on with the traditional heavyweights in the Big Ten? And I'm giving Nebraska credit here for being a traditional heavyweight. They haven't really been one in the Big Ten But I still think it's kind of a surprise if I had told you coming into this season, hey, guess what? Nebraska, Penn State, and Michigan are going to try to do live math here, are going to start off the season, you know, a combined, I guess, what would it be, one and seven? Like you would have been like, oh my God, that sounds pretty crazy. Who's in better shape there? Who can actually step to Ohio State, if anyone, in the Big Ten? I I just wish that we could go back to like 1994 (laughs) <laughs> and and tell people that like hey by the way you know i'm from the future and and penn state michigan and nebraska are combined one and seven yeah people would be like get out of here like they, they were the preeminent programs right Kerry collins was in 94 undefeated i believe that was your that's right one of the two yep. kajana carter you know like the lavar errington years at, at penn state you obviously had the shared national title between michigan and nebraska in 97 nebraska's 94 team arguably clay the greatest college football team in history um that was the team that absolutely decimated florida in the fiesta bowl i think it was uh, i think that? that i think that was nebraska 96 what, that was tommy frazier because no, they won it 
They won, they won it, it back 96. They won it 96. 96, okay. 97, so I think. Nebraska team. Anyways. I, well, listen, so we'll we, look it up. You Tommy the Frazier, they scored 62. People. They scored 62 on Florida, if I'm not mistaken. I feel like it was. I, but yeah, one of the, whichever one of those teams it was, they they won. I thought they won in '97 a half of a title uh, against Michigan, and that's well, right. Yeah, and then '98 Tennessee won, and then '99 Florida State came back and won. I'm doing this all off the top of my head, so I could be wrong. Uh, no, but no, you're it's right. unbelievable. I, but I'm right? telling you, you go back to that era and you tell people that these programs are going to be where they're at, and they they would they would laugh you out of the building. That's you right, know? and and it is. And and by the way, you know, outside of Nebraska, you know, Michigan was ranked in the top twenty to start the year. Penn State was ranked in the top ten to start the year. The top ten. Um, this, I mean, just just disastrous. I actually jotted down a few different teams that that you could say over the course of the last decade have just been ridiculously disappointing. And and Penn State fans will kill me for this because, yes, Penn State fans, I get it. You won the Big Ten. And, by the way, I stood on stage with James Franklin that night and argued like a WWE superstar <laughs> that you should have gone to the playoffs. Yeah. Right? Like, I was I was there, right? I'm old enough to know I was actually standing right there. So, so for, forgive me for, for throwing a decade of futility at you because it hasn't been that, that way, but – if you actually look at the last decade, you know, think of what's gone on, you know, and maybe let's say even the last five years, Clay, Florida State, USC, Texas, Michigan, Penn State. I mean, like Tennessee, think of these brands, Tennessee, that has been, they've been down, like down and out and, and just not a factor. Um and maybe, you know, Michigan fans will be all over me because they were one win away or maybe a bad spot away from playing for a Big Ten title. But I, I say this to tell you, like, I, I don't know the direction that these, these places go, in particular Michigan and Penn State. I think that you're looking around if you're a, a Nittany Lion or if you're a Wolverine and you're thinking to yourself, oh, my God, what are we doing? Where are we going? Who's driving the bus? Is it going in the right direction? Yeah. I think if, if you're uh, if you're a Nebraska fan, Clay, you can at least say this was a giant rebuild for Scott Frost, maybe bigger than he even realized. And even though we're zero and two this year, we still feel like it's pointed in the right direction. They've had to you know kick a lot of kids off the team. They had a lot of transfer type of stuff happening, and they're to a point. I, I did one of their games. I did the Ohio State game. You know, I still think Nebraska is on the right track to become more competitive within the Big Ten West. I don't know if they'll be a power ever. Any anymore, but they're going to be more competitive in the Big Ten West in about a year, maybe a year and a half. I fully believe that. But if you're Michigan or Penn State right now, there's some serious soul searching going on about do we have the right guy? And and I think that you know, think about it, Clay. I mean, we could see some major movement at those places. By the way, 1995 Nebraska, 1997 Nebraska. <laughs> 95, you were right, was Tommy Frazier. I was right, they scored 62 on Florida. 96, Florida came back and won the title. I think that was the rematch against FSU, uh, if you That's remember right. that game. Um, and then Tennessee won in 98, and Florida State won it again in 99. Joel Klatt, we will talk to you again next week. Uh, what game you got this weekend? Um, we've got USC again, so we're going to do USC-Arizona. Nice. Uh, well, I'll be watching. Thanks for getting up early with us. We'll talk to you again next week. You bet. I'm going back to bed.
All right, that's Joel Klatt. He'll be on the West Coast again with another USC game coming up. We'll talk to him again next week. I appreciate all of you who've been hanging out with us. Encourage you to go download the podcast. Make sure you don't miss a single second of this show. Joel's always great. He was with us in hour three, hour two. We talked with Todd Furman. Lots of college football and NFL talk as a way to begin uh, your week. I appreciate all of you. This has been OutKick. Be back with you. Same bat time, same bat channel tomorrow on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A A podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.